Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Renault Runway Event is now on at Blackstone Motors Drada Dundalk and Cavan. Save thousands across the range for the new year. You're very welcome to Friday Afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio, straight to business today. It's Book Club Friday and she's back with wonderful recommendations for you. Margaret Madden, it's great to see you. Oh, it's good to be back, Jerry. Tell us about New York before we start. Oh my God, it was amazing. And talk about blessed with the weather. It was like 23 degrees, the sun was shining and I walked the streets of Manhattan from literally from east to west and through Central Park and... The uh, conference uh, paper was delivered with such panache. Mm. <laughs> I was keeping an eye on you when you were over there. But r- tell us again why you were there. You were invited over. I was invited over by the um, Association of Irish Studies over there in Hunter College uh, to give a talk on on my uh, specialist subject, as, as we'd say in Mastermind, which is funerals in Irish fiction. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so ties in with your love of books and your st- ongoing studies as well that yeah. you're at at the moment. Yeah, and my bizarre fascination with the Irish funeral. Yeah. There you go. Anyway, watch this space. I'm delighted you had a great time and Thank great you. to have you back with us today and reminding our listeners, yes, it's been all over social media. Mar- Margaret will verify there are six books here and honestly, if you win this gift, pack you'll be don't, you'll be sorted won't you for the next while which you're reading definitely keep you busy over the Christmas it yeah. will there's some lovely titles are we allowed to say Christmas yet yeah, yeah I yeah, think we, we can at this All stage right. we're past the 20th anyway we'll allow it it's now okay. allowed officially on late lunch today anyway <laughs> we've a wee question for you in a few moments if you'd like to win that book pack let's begin as we always do with your book of the month for November which is it is Andrew O'Connor's A Great Beauty you really have a great affection for Andrew and his work. I do. I, I really do. But that's not to say that if I came across one that I wasn't crazy about, yeah. I wouldn't go recommending it as my book of the month. Sure, sure. This is just amazing. It is just amazing. It's um, it's about Michael Collins and his relationship, a kind of a triangular relationship between Kitty Kiernan and Lady Hazel Lavery. So what Andrew has done is kind of based on fact and what was happening in and around the Anglo-Irish um, talks, kind of between 1920 and 1922 and around there, um, what was going on with these two women. And, you know, as I was talking to you just before we went on, how much of this is based on fact? Well, a lot of it, I would imagine. Mm. And, um but then he just throws in his imagination to what went on behind closed doors. Yeah, and this man does it brilliantly. Oh, he really, yeah. really does. But what a time in history because the Laveries were, you know, they were mixing shoulders with the great and good in London. They were right up there with aristocracy, the government, 
social class the highest. Yeah, I mean, it's rumoured that she was actually a little bit of a spy, you know, so she was feeding back information uh, to Winston Churchill and all the delegates over there about really what Michael Collins was saying to her. But he was aware this was happening. So Mm. he was feeding information and it kind of worked both ways. Um, So she was like, oh, she was really embroiled in, in it. She was very interested in getting independence for Ireland throughout the whole country um, and would have done anything for Michael by, and going by Andrew literally she have did. done anything she for, did for it looks like from Andrew's interpretation but yeah. it, you know it's, it's an aspect of history as well you know Kitty so well known and the romantic side of Michael Collins and that whole love affair etc mm-hmm. but here you are with another lady in the equation absolutely and I mean Kitty had to remember was very very private woman she mm. was a very successful businesswoman. she had her own little life there in Grand Isle but she didn't want the limelight um, she didn't want her engagement announced. She didn't, you know, want to be in all the newspapers, but her hand was forced when accusations uh, that Michael Collins was having an affair with uh, a a royal princess. He had to announce it in in the doll. And uh, so she was thrown into the limelight, but still didn't want it. Whereas on the other hand, you have Lady Lavery, who loved the limelight. Mm. You know, so two very different women. Yeah, when you read of Vogue and publications like that, even back then, who are, you know, the uh, places of the magazines to appear in, she was uh, right in there. And of course, it swings London. He's over there for the negotiations. We know Mm -hmm. that part of history. And then he comes back and she comes back. Lady Lavery. Um, yeah, she does. She, she decides she'll pop back over as well in the thick of it. Like, you know, they've just burnt down the mansion house. Yeah. Um, and uh, now she decides this would be a great time to pop over and, and stay out in, in Dunleary uh, or Queenstown, as it was known. And I had so much fun when I was reading through this, Googling all the images of all these places and, and, and pictures of her and pictures of Kitty. And um, it's a real book that you can lose yourself in um, and start to re re examine that period of time but from the feminine side maybe okay you know yeah. um given these women voices that mm. they've kind of been pushed to the side we all know kitty from the movie michael collins really yes but, but very kind of one-dimensional you know mm. this kind of throws more into it this man collins he just continues to give and give and he does i did not know him. that he actually was chasing her sister first I did not know that. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> the things you learn as she time goes and by. That, I mean, we all know that, you know, she was Harry's, Harry Boland's girlfriend. Yes. That she'd be some man for one man by the sounds of things. Oh, well, My you know. My grandmother was mad about it. Was she? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, look, you can only imagine if you try to uh, transpose him from then to today, who would he be? What would he be? He'd be unbelievable. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? He's such a, a character and figure in Irish history. And of course, only the good die young. He, he went all too young. What would have been, you yeah. know, when he was was uh, killed, etc. And, uh, and Andrew has given a very nice kind of yes. look at what happens after he died around the funeral and yes. what was possibly true. Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah I was actually in Glass Nevin recently. I, I, I didn't do the tour until about uh, six weeks ago and I went there and had enjoyed a lovely day and did the whole thing. Well, and I'll give you a laugh when you just... Definitely not scripted, but a couple of Christmases ago, uh, my fascination with Irish funerals, my husband presented me my Chris- one of my Christmas presents. I opened it up and it was Glasnevin Cemetery envelope. And I went, are you after buying me a plot? <laughs> I thought he was actually after buying me a plot. It wasn't. Yeah, it was a good tour. on you. <laughs> there no, you go. The so you yeah. did the tour as well. Lovely, yeah. lovely vignette there. Anyway, it is Book of the Month on Late Lunch for yeah. the month of November. It's Andrew O'Connor's A Great 
beauty. Absolutely fabulous. Fabulous, says Margaret Madden. Yeah. There you go. And just to let you know, Andrew will be with us next week on Late Lunch. He's coming in. I can't wait to meet him again. He's a wonderful, wonderful guy. Anyway, let's move on to your second pick today, which uh, falls under the uh, general fiction headline. Now, we've spoken about the first two books in this series, and here's the third one. Once, twice, three times an Ashling by Emer McLeisett and Sarah... Breen. Breen. Yeah. I like Ashling. I like her a lot. Um, this time she's turning 30. She's back, back at home. We know this from the, the second book that she's opened up her own little cafe down there and um, she's back living with Mammy and no longer with John, the the boyfriend. She now has a new English boyfriend called James. <laughs> but it starts off, and I was a knot because it starts off... At the, she says James is righty, by the way. He is righty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it starts off at the beginning where the county team qualified for the All-Ireland Hurling final. Um, now, they didn't win. You know that straight away. But by God, they still have the celebration. They're there with the big truck, you know, the open air truck yes. where they're driving through the, the streets. And uh, Ashling had been the sponsor her 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 cafe her little business so yes. she's dragged up onto the onto the truck so it was just oh it's right back right back into the thick of the the country Gaston, village. you talk about your man that she has our focus on now but the former the ex is back with his girlfriend deeply mm. in love there's such a triangle quadrangle you know of plots and subplots going there on there is here. and um and her friend um Magella is getting married so ash is this is what it is she's the bridesmaid hence the title um you know they say always always the bridesmaid never the bride but she is trying to organise then uh, via WhatsApp the hen week over in the Canaries and what starts off with maybe 15 girls has all of a sudden gone up to like 45 and there's grandmothers from uh, the Tenerife side there's just cousins and neighbours and one wants a fancy pillows one doesn't want to sleep in with another one it's just non-stop WhatsApp messaging mm. going back and forth and I mean Ashling is just, just so dry and witty and the girls have just brought her back to life yeah and fantastic. we must mention that on the periphery of all this a mysterious American businesswoman uh, appears and there's a a conundrum thrown into the equation for Ashling as well this woman she's juggling about 20 balls in the air all at once can I ask you this uh, this is the third book in the mm. series there was actually an expectation and I don't think I'm being unfair here that this was the first one was maybe a one-off you know mm. one of these things that just happens and they'll never then two came along and this is the third the strength in this even three down the line yeah I have to say the only the only slight thing I'd have is that there was probably too much um, I wasn't too mad about the kind of love you interest kind of part of it okay. I preferred to have some more Ashlingisms. I kind of thought she might be losing her way a little bit I'd like to see her, her back now um, but it was starting to shape up that way towards the end so there is more life in it for sure yeah so once twice three times in Ashling is your pick is your second pick today yeah. in the non-fiction category by the two brilliant women Emer McLeisett and Sarah Breen third in the series would you need to read the other two to read this one or could you read that as a standalone well you could read it as a standalone but I think you'd miss out on on um, who Ashing really is. Okay. Yeah. We're heading to a short break. Two more recommendations to come from Margaret. How would you like to win the books? Look at this pile of books here. I'm looking at Emily Hurahan, The Outsider. Social Butterflies is there. There's an Alice Taylor one as time goes by. Caelan Hogan. What a great book that is. Republic of Shame and 
three little truths. It's hard to say that by Edna Shorthall <laughs> and the Emerald Dress, Vivian Cairns. That's our book pack today. Would you like to win them? Here is the question for you. It's tied in actually with uh, Margaret's book of the month. The three year war of independence in Ireland was ended by the Anglo Irish treaty which was agreed and signed in December of what year which year was it was it 1921 1922 or 1923 if you don't feel like looking it up have a stab at one of those 21 22 or 23 quick as you can get your answers your name and details in to 086 1800 658 by text or whatsapp Margaret Madden brings us our book club on late lunch this afternoon. The third for November is your non-fiction category and it's called Shooting and Cutting by Stephen Bradley. Now Stephen uh, will be better known and I hope he doesn't mind me saying this as uh, the husband of Deirdre O'Kane. Of course we know Deirdre so well here on Late Lunch on LMFM Radio and if she happens to hear this we say hello to her today and we love her deeply. Um, This is a no-holds-barred straight up story of a man going through a cancer journey. It is and I mean it's written on the back there his quote much of this book was written under the influence of opiates, steroids, antibiotics bendos, diazepines um, oh I can't pronounce half these words, (laughs) antiemics, chemotherapy immunotherapy and bouts of cold turkey sharp injections of love and good luck. What did you make of it as the story unfolded and he explained how it came about and how it took off and Mm -hmm. how he went through this and how he's feeling now? You know, you would have, I'm sure you've read books of this nature quite a few in the past. Yeah, I have. And I I have to be totally honest and and say that I had no idea who Stephen Bradley was. Um, But to me, that was irrelevant. It didn't matter. Um, It sounded like he had a story that I wanted to read and I did. Um, So in 2016, um, he was diagnosed diagnosed with stage four cancer. I think it was first found in the liver um, and a complete shock, obviously. Um, he'd already lost his sister to cancer a few years previously. So it must be absolutely terrifying to to be going through it from the other side. Um, so basically, you follow him through this. He he di- he kind of has it done in, in diary format, but it's done with with wit and warmth and acceptance and appreciation for um, the HSE, which is unusual. Um, it's nice to hear that things go right. Like myself, he, he's in the public system and, and it seems to be miles ahead of what the NHS were able to, to offer him if he had been over there. Um, it, it's really, really, really interesting, inspiring, funny, um there were parts of it where I was kind of fading off a bit and that was more to do with the direct, his career as a director and um, his, he has a little bit of an obsession with the Beatles and the founder of the Beatles. Um, it, probably to do with the work that he was doing. Which, George Martin and yeah, his Yeah, you see, that to me yeah. was kind of just, uh, I was just like, I want to know about Stephen, you know. Yeah. Um, but as you say, for, for a, a, a first book, yeah. You know, and it has all those traits that you mentioned there that engages you and well, pulls you in. Well, don't you think in. it's fabulous that if somebody who's going through so much can take the time to sit down, be it at a keyboard or with a pen and paper and keep notes of what they're going through? Because these memoirs, these insights are very important for people who are going to be going through something similar or for family or for friends. Um, it's a legacy in itself. Mm. So and, 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 I and always admire anybody who can do that. The praise for the health service is... Uh, it's great. It's, it's about time. Yeah. To hear at, and, and it's encouraging. It really does give in, in encouragement. Um, 
highly recommend it again for you and, and again yeah. for, for anybody to read it's, it's, it's an inspiring read isn't absolutely it, it is and um, I mean Stephen is obviously still going to be going through this journey you know cancer is one of those apps, I, can't, I can't even curse now <laughs> mm. it's one of those things that just doesn't go away um, so I really 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 wish him all the best he has fought so hard um, Deirdre and um, their kids have stood by him every step of the way yeah. Deirdre had to take on the main uh, breadwinner so we see her everywhere, don't we? Um, yes, and she's fantastic. She's and, you know, amazing. we wouldn't have known about this going on in the background. You know, where she, no, she danced with the stars. She has her solo career. You hear her on radio and television. Her gogglebox. Yes, absolutely. Love that, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, this goes on and it's a, it, to us all. You know what I mean? We, we all see the public image. We hear and, and, yeah. and look at, but at times you really don't realise what's happening. But Stephen happening. himself didn't, he's not a shouty, moany no. kind of person at all. No. He's so under the radar. He, yeah. He's very excited acceptant of what has happened to him and and he even trying things that are way out of his comfort zone like um meditation and mindfulness and everything like he he never thought he would try that but he's trying everything and he's mm. just stoically getting on with it and and getting on fantastic with all the medical professionals shooting and cutting a survivor's guide to filmmaking and other diseases by Stephen Bradley again you'll enjoy highly recommended on book club today from Margaret Madden now you you were going to course a minute ago and I have to course now because <laughs> your final recommendation this is a classic it goes back to 2008 life's too effing short a guide to getting what you want out of life without wasting time effort or money I think this is the book that I've missed all my life by Janet Street <laughs> Porter. That wasn't cousin. I would have done a bigger <laughs> hame job of that now. I won't look at him waving at me. Yeah, so this is kind of like a, an anti-self-help book. I really enjoyed it. It, it, it. it appeared in a pile of books that my father was returning to me that, uh, incidentally, this is not mine. But I said, oh, I'll have a little look through it. And... It, Within five minutes, I was like, this woman is great. I always thought Janet, I'm going to be honest here, I always thought she was just an angry feminist. She's not at all. She's great. She just has no filter. She reminds me a bit of me. Uh, she just says is what she sees. And, and life is too short um, to be worrying about things. So she talks about everything from the beauty industry, diet, food, men, friends, work, travel, interiors, fashion, ethics, uh, you know, and she just strips it back bare, you know. Why would you be looking through a Sunday magazine and 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 um, considering she's worked in the magazines for years? She has um, at face creams that are three hundred and seventy five euro pot, um, promising to get rid of your wrinkles when you know you can't get rid of wrinkles. It you just, just happens. It's yeah, the natural it's, progression. Yeah. Do you believe? Like two thousand and eight, this book came out first. Mm. We're eleven years on from this. Is it? It's actually got worse, I think. Yeah, I'm going to ask you this. Is it as relevant today? Does she need to rewrite it for 2019 going into 2020? No, do you know what? Not, except maybe talk about influencers are are, are now all the rage now, aren't they? But they're being called out on their... No no bad words, Margaret. On their... um, hmm. Bona fides? Yeah, you know, and are they being paid to promote these things? And, you know, but, you know... We need to take responsibility for our own foolishness here as well. Mm. Just because um, somebody says they're worth it for a hair commercial, does that mean that you're not worth it if you don't buy something else? You know, <laughs> no, yeah. not at all. It's, you got to cop onto these yeah. things for sure. But you believe that today this book is as relevant as ever. Yeah. It points out 
the foot, the the um, the potholes in life, what to avoid, what to go with. And I love, her, yeah, I love her parts about. Uh, she was a restaurant critic for years as well, and mm. she's saying if you go into a restaurant and the plate is the size of the table, and you've stacked up food, you know, that looks like the towering pizza. Get out of there. Go and get yourself to a restaurant with a big bowl of pasta and where you can say to the chef at the end, that was bloody amazing. You know, she's Okay, great. we uh, take a recommendation. Life's too effing short. A guide to getting what you want out of life without wasting time, effort or money. I'd say if you dig around, you'll get it. You'll find oh, it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, it is there still on the shelves and in specialist shops. I am sure. Anyway, thank you so much again for joining me on the show this afternoon. Wonderful recommendations there. And again, the question for the book pack. I'll give it to you once more. The three-year war of independence was ended by the Anglo-Irish Treaty, which was agreed and signed in December of what year? Was it 1921, 1922 or 1923? It's one of those years. WhatsApp, text your answer to us 086-1800-658 and we'll pick somebody for those lovely books before the end of the show. Until the Christmas month when she'll bring us our book of the year, I'm sure, and more besides. Margaret Madden, thank you so much. Welcome. I'm sure when I tell you about my next guest and who she is, you'll be feeling, you know, that woman has the dream job. You see, Anne Murray is Managing Director of Lear Chocolates, the mead-based confectioner, which was founded back in 1987 by Connie Doody and Senator Mary White, who we met many moons ago on this show. Anne hails from Cavan. She joined Lear in 2016, following several years and a number of senior roles in the beauty industry. You're so welcome to Late Lunch. Thank you very much indeed, Jerry. Delighted to be here. Thanks for joining me. We were just chit-chatting there before we came on. You come from a big clan. I do. How many? Uh, there are ten, ten of us. Eight brothers and one sister. Ah. So, so yeah. there was two girls. Two girls. In there. Was, did that knock the edges off you? How did that well, work? Well, I'd like to think I knocked the edges <laughs> the other way around. <laughs> and and I'm, sure the boys, I'm sure the boys would probably agree. <laughs> although they're not boys anymore, they're men. Of course. So, ten of you. And you're yeah. from Caventown. From Caventown. Mm. How did your mammy manage? Now, do you I notice I didn't say your daddy? You know, because, uh, you know... To be fair, my dad, Lord Restham, was a great man. Absolutely brilliant. But I would have to say, hand on heart, it was down to mum that we were closed, fed and sent to school. So, yeah. When absolutely. you think of today, Anne, you know, I had two children. I think you have as yeah. well. And it's a smaller family, generally, that you, that you hear about. Do you ever think of how you got by or how you <laughs> you grew up? No, the only thing I do remember when we were small is if my dad had a, I suppose you call it forgiveness uh, piece, it was a box of black magic came into the house He was, and he was known even among his own um, in-laws on mum's side that when he came out to visit the family when he was courting. He brought a box of black magic and that was still his, yeah, that was his signature box. Isn't that an ironic Mm. link to you today and the job you do? When you mentioned that iconic brand as well. Absolutely, absolutely. No, you grew up there, you went to school locally, of course. And then I see you went to DCU where you studied. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I was one of the first, I think I was joined DCU um, at the time known as NIHE. So that's how far back I date. Um, and I think it was the second year it was opened. So I was one of their early uh, graduates. Oh, you so see, you'll be one of the bedrocks in history. Absolutely. They'll say, there she Absolutely. is. She was one of the first. And I was one of the first. Donned so. the robes and, and, and uh, graced us here on the campus. But you, you studied international marketing, was and your... Languages, yeah. I started off in communications and then moved into international marketing and languages. So. When you completed your degree there, uh, what happened? Where, where did life take you then? So... Uh, 
it, it, it's funny, there's a there's a, an interesting link actually back to Lear. Um, it was 1987 and at the time it was about 17% unemployment in Ireland and we had no choice but to leave. So I was part of the people who left unwillingly. <laughs> um, I went to the UK and I remember reading an article at the time in uh, Business Week about Connie and Mary having set up this chocolate brand, luxury chocolates in Ireland when money was scarce. I think in God, and I turned around to my dad and I said, God, I'd love to be as crazy as that someday. Uh, I mean, and he remembered the story as well. So, yeah, so that was my little bit of... of there you are, another today. little bit of karma with you yeah. and where you are Absolutely. today. But off you went to so London. Off I went, uh, was part of what they called at the time the Milk Rounds. So I was recruited in by Grand Met and did their graduate trainee programme. And then uh, my future husband, uh, who I had met in NIHE, he was overdoing the Erasmus programme, got a job in Ireland. An Irish person couldn't, but he did. And uh, so I said, fair enough, I'll head back to Ireland. And then I got a job in the beef industry. So I was in the beef industry for about 10 years um, in export sales. So um, working in the European markets primarily. And then from there, I went to France uh, with my family and was... Is your husband French? My husband is French. Ah, that's the link there, yeah. So, and uh, worked in academia um, for about five years there, then went into consulting and then went back in full-time into uh, full-time paid work in the beauty uh, arena. Yeah, and and you know, the beauty business and, and where you are today, are there parallels? Oh, there are, yeah, there are. So th- the nicest parallel is actually the products that we make, are products that make people smile. Even the welcome I got in here today, the minute I walked in the door, people saw the chocolate bag and went, oh, the chocolate lady, great. <laughs> so, and it makes people smile. And the same thing when you're in beauty and people ask you, what do you do? There's an automatic, oh, I love, or, oh, yeah, there's something about it that makes people happy. So, yeah. So you do have the dream job carrying yeah, that background with you. You get absolutely. that reaction all the absolutely. time. Isn't so. that fantastic? Was there, but seriously, when you were in the beauty and then you did, a, I saw a few years consulting, yep. business consulting mm-hmm. yourself. How then, you know, you mentioned your dad in the Black Magic, you talking to him back in the 80s about Lair. How did this come about, this position? Uh, <laughs> Circumstance, I suppose. Um, I was working between the UK and Ireland. Um, we had made a decision as a family to move back to Ireland from mm. the UK. Mm-hmm. And I was still doing the over and back thing. And um, the opportunity came up and I applied for it and went through all of the interview rounds and whatever else and was fortunate enough to land the position. So it was great. I was absolutely delighted. Is there... A period then when you go in that you have to really pick up things fast, that there's a, yes. a big learning curve there. Huge, because I had never done manufacturing before. So manufacturing for me was my key uh, learning point um, within Lear. And it's, you know, it's full on. It's, you know, attention to detail. It's And, it, and you know, chocolates are beautiful, but it's actually quite complex. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was a... Very, very fast learning curve. But and it I, took a full year cycle. Oh, it would have yeah. to. And I was just going to say that you went in 2016 and then in 2017, the, the company did a brand refresh. Yes. So talk about having to hit the ground running and yeah. then do this. Yeah, no, it, I mean, Lear is a, 
and when you talk to people about Lear, they have fabulous memories associated with it. And we're fortunate enough, we work with some of the biggest retailers in the UK where we make their brands for them. And we also have the Baileys and Diage and Guinness brands that we manufacture chocolates um, under licence for as well. And the Lear brand had been a little bit sort of forgotten about. So it was a huge opportunity to bring that back and put it back into onto supermarket shelves and, um, you know, in front of consumers again. So so, so the different aspects of your business, y- y- you make for those people that yeah. you said under theirs. You have your own brand, of course, yes. the liaisons with the big companies yeah. you mentioned there as well. The main routes to market, what are they for you? Well, the, the rain, main routes to market are supermarkets because that's where people shop. So and we are seeing online becoming more important as well. It's still a relatively small part of our business. So I would say that the supermarket is still king in our world. So, yeah. What about the airport? Because that's always in my mind. I see you there every time I go Very in or good out. Point. The airport is a fabulous uh, brand window for us. It really, really is. And they have done such a wonderful job in T1 at the moment. Uh, and indeed T2. But T1, they've done an extraordinary job in terms of the way they present chocolate in general and our chocolates and our competitors' chocolates indeed. Very, very well indeed. And it's made um it's made a big impact. I mean we're seeing it in the sales numbers um and the feedback we're getting from consumers as well is fabulous. So they do a great job for us. So when people are leaving Ireland, haven't been here, it's a great yeah. point where they pick up things like Lear associated with Ireland to take back to with take them. To take back with them. To take back with them. Or indeed, you know, Irish people who are travelling want to bring a little bit of Ireland over with them. That's the other piece as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. So, so yeah. it's a double there, yeah. in and out as yeah. well, so to speak. Um don't have to tell you, you know, today in today's world, sugar. Yeah, oh, sugar. Everybody's <laughs> I'm sure, topic. I'm sure he's not going to mention sugar, is he, to me today? Of course, sure, I'd have to add. But you know yourself, the oh, way look, the emphasis is on this. This is one of the big challenges, isn't it, it is, for you guys? And, and it's, it's, it's been a really interesting one for us because it is challenging. You know, I mean, I'm aware of it. I'm aware of it for my kids. I'm aware of it for, you know, how I eat myself. So, um being ahead and in front of consumer trends for us is very important. But what we have seen in terms of how the consumer translates that is they want less but better. So actually, dare I say it, our chocolates actually benefit from that because people are actually making considered choice about what they buy. So that's part one. Part two is then what we are trying to do is to provide people with choices. So we're making smaller, we call each individual chocolate a pawn. And we're, we try and make the pawns a little bit smaller so that they have that choice to reduce their consumption. So they still have a little bit of what bad, what's bad for you is good for you type thing. So we try and do it that way. The other thing that we've done this year as well is we've increased the cocoa content in our chocolate. So a lot of the big brands, we've seen shrinkflation, everybody's favourite topic. So they've taken down, they've taken down weight, taken out cost either kept the price the same or increased the price. I like to think that we've actually done something different. We've actually added stuff back in. So we've added back in cocoa content. So our cocoa content and our milk chocolate went from 34% to 40. And that helped us to reduce the sugar content as well. So, yeah. So in a general sense, you know, the way we've talked over the years, especially in recent years, the way they've downsized the size of different bars that are well known. You know, the Christmas boxes are smaller. They are. Is that the thinking behind it? Yeah. Shrinkflation? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. It's to take, it's to take, it's to allow the consumer, 
what's important is the price point as opposed to anything else. And and again, I, I understand it, you know, because when you're talking to a buyer in a supermarket, the last thing they want to do is to raise a price. And sometimes, you know, you, you've got costs coming at you. You've no other way of managing it except through that. But as I say, we went at it in a slightly different way. I'm sure listeners today would say, but Jerry, they didn't bring down the price. I know you've addressed that. You've added in and, and, and yep. improved uh, your product. What about the whole area of packaging? We were only talking about it here yesterday on the show to a local company yep. who are flying now because they've uh, endorsed and, and embraced and will be going forward, you know, with much better environmental packaging. Uh, look, a really... Uh, as I say, a really great question and it is and it's something that we've been engaged on for the last 18 months. So Lear Lear Chocolates as a company has participated in um, the Origin Green brand of Bordbea and Origin Green is basically a sustainability programme. I mean, that's what it guarantees. So with their help, actually, in some instances, we have improved our sustainability profile right across the piece. But in particular in terms of packaging, two years ago, I want to say that we were at about 30% of FSC board in our packaging. This year, we'll be 100%. FSC board is basically managed forests that allow, our paper comes from sources, is sourced through managed forestry. So that's one key area that we've worked on. Um, In terms of packaging, it's slower. Honestly, it's slower than we would like to get there. But for example, on the Bailey's product that we do, we've gone fully... um, sustainable on some of our key packaging items for them this year. Our Easter eggs for 2020, we have taken a brave decision to actually reduce the footprint of our eggs. So our eggs are the same size. The chocolate in our eggs is the same weight, but we've actually reduced our packaging. And I want to say it's by about 20%. So our boxes will look smaller on the shelf, but it's the same egg. Now, you know, fingers crossed that the consumer will understand that. Um, and yes, yeah, so we're trying to do it bit by bit. We're, we're not angels, but we are trying really hard. Just one last thing on the chocolate and the challenges you face and your team. Ethics and, you know, veganism and chocolate. You know, that whole area I'm talking about there. Does it preoccupy you? Absolutely does. Yeah. Um, and it's something that we consider every time we sit down for a product development meeting. Um, it's it's a little bit of a woolly area because it's not particularly well regulated. So we could claim veganism on some of our chocolates or suitable for vegans on some of our chocolates with the disclaimer, you know, made in a dairy, dairy, uh, traces of dairy may be present. So to be honest, where we're at on it, we're looking at certain products that will be suitable to have that claim. And um, it's a sort of a, a dot, dot, dot um, in terms of by the time we get it to market and everything else, it'll probably be in the next nine months. So It's a niche area, though. It is it is a niche area and it's a lifestyle choice, Jerry. So that's why it's not particularly well regulated as such, because it's a choice that people make. It's not something that's imposed on them. It's a choice. So, you know, do you have to do a full clean down? Can you claim it with trace? what makes it vegan versus non-vegan. So there are all of those considerations. And it's interesting, you know, when you work in the own label arena as well, not all retailers have the same rules. So some have very, you know, very pure rules. Some of them are a little bit more grey in where they're going. And particularly, as I say, it's around a lifestyle piece. But to your point, it is a small part of the market, growing, but small. I've been dying to ask you this question all day. 
Your favourite chocolate? Ah, uh, look, I I used to say when I joined Lear, I was a chocoholic. I'm now a chocolate snob. Doesn't mean I eat any less. I just like to think that what I eat is better. So I have probably two favourites. So one is in the Lear collections box, um, which is the raisin and whiskey. Uh, and to me, it's just, yeah, it's a little bit of heaven. It's just a little bit of heaven. Uh, that's the very special chocolate. Okay. And then in terms of our sort of more everyday, uh, it would be, we have a bar, a salted caramel bar that's to die for. So, yeah. You heard it. From the female version of Willy Wonka, who's with us here on Late Lunch this afternoon. I mean that with the height of respect. Of course you are the MD of the company. And when you say things like this, people listen. So they, two picks, one at yes. the real luxury end and the other yes. on the bar side. Salted caramel is very popular, of course. We we, we know that. You travel a bit. Yes, good, a good bit. Yeah. How, how do you find that? You know, like, uh, I know people find it a novelty. Like, you've travelled a lot in your lifetime with all your roles as well. But... Is it becoming more onerous? Ah, no. I, honestly, I, I still love it. I do really you? do. Yeah, because A, I love seeing different things. I love picking up different trends. I love seeing what's happening somewhere else and bringing it back. You, you know, I always remember coming from France. There was a, a product at the time. It was Omicile. And I brought it back to the UK. So even across those short distances, you can pick up on things. There are trends in terms of food flavours and, and the way that food is eaten and when it's consumed, that there are ideas that you can pick up. So, you know, having that, um, the privilege actually of being able to travel and see that and bring it back and use what you pick up and see and learn. It's brilliant. So you're watching that all the time. time. World trends. Yeah. Tastes that are happening. Developments that's there. That's so important to you guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. All of that stuff feeds into what we do. Um, You know, one of the things that we're looking at at the moment, for example, is the trend in lower alcohol where people are looking at. So we're looking at in our chocolates. Our chocolates don't have huge high alcohol Mm. content, but we are looking at non-alcohol versions of those so that, you know, we're in we're in step with the consumer trends that are out there. You're regarded as luxury. Your brand is stands out. You you know, the you can't really put a price on that, can you, when you have that in the minds of people and it's recognizable like that. It's look, for me, when somebody turns around and say, says, Oh, I love your chocolate. Honestly, it's it it, it makes your day. It makes your day. Really does. So what do you do? Like you're, you're busy and you have an onerous job as well. You have a family, of course, you travel a lot. Do you do, you do anything for downtime or is... Love to cook. I love to cook. My husband is probably standing by the radio and laughing and he says, yeah, she loves to cook. I do. When I cook, maybe not often enough, but when I do, I go all out and I, that's my... You yeah, love that. My, I absolutely That's a do, relaxation yeah. for you. Yeah, Even though, you know, it's a challenge in cooking as well absolutely. and getting it, it all right. Absolutely but love That's it. something mm. that really does. Yeah, absolutely. Take it, you do so. a bit of chocolate from time to time in your cooking? Now and again. <laughs> now and again. So. <laughs> that, that wouldn't say, that's no surprise, I'm sure, to people listening today. But f- from Lyra's perspective and a business perspective, from strength to strength, as I said, rooted in me after starting in Eastwall many moons ago in Dublin, but synonymous with the Royal County. 
But the future, despite all the challenges in the world, Absolutely. and I didn't want to mention Brexit today, <laughs> but you, you know, just give it. Everybody, shh, well, don't look, say much. you know what I'm talking to, about. All that thing that's going to happen, and all of that thing that's going to happen. And we spent the last three years preparing for it and getting ourselves ready, and we are in a better place. And again, that's you know, I. I, I that is absolutely down to the team of people that work in uh, Lear. Our single greatest asset is our people. Um, in terms of the people who work for us, on the whether it be on the floor, in the offices, in development, sales, whatever side of it. And those improvements that have allowed us to stay competitive over the last three years are down to each and every person that works for Lear. It's not one person, it's all people. And um, we're in... A, I, I would say actually a better place now than we were three years ago and ready to take on the challenges of Brexit. I don't say that lightly and I, I'm i keeping my fingers crossed personally that it won't happen um, like everybody else. Uh, but we're prepared for it. So. That is great to hear and lovely to meet you on late lunch today. Uh, continued success to you and to Lear Chocolates and uh, we're all looking forward to a little bit of the sweet stuff over oh, the well, next few weeks. Now, and now she's now brought a bag that, with her. Now that you say that. <laughs> Listen, thank you so, so much. We'll push them around the house here great. for sure. It's great to meet you. Thanks for popping in to late lunch. Thanks thank very you, much, Anne. Jerry. When I talk about August 2012, my next guest's life, it changed completely. He was out with friends, they were playing a bit of ball and they decided to head into Navin for some chips. But that journey was to prove fateful for John O'Brien, who's with us on Late Lunch this afternoon. John, you're very welcome to the show. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks for having me in. Not at all. Before we talk about that day, I want to tell him there's a piece of silverware here sitting on the desk yeah. with the Kilkenny colours, should I say, <laughs> hanging out of it. But it's not Kilkenny, is it? No, no, the Knobber colours are <laughs> lo- looking well there in the Matty McDonald Cup. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful, it really is. You are yeah. one happy man this year. Yeah, ah, look, it's been unbelievable. Um, it's great to, ha- to have the Cup over here in the studio with you. Um, just the whole year has been unbelievable and sort of a dream come true, to be honest. Um, still, like, it's only really sunk in there in the last <laughs> few weeks and looking at the cup there at home and me going to bed at night and I have it in the room with me and <laughs> smiling away and just brilliant. It's amazing he even brought it over for me to get a hold of it today, <laughs> to be honest with you. Yeah. But anyway, it's a great year for Nobber. A little bit against the head that you beat Trim because the talk at the time was you weren't exactly the favourites to win it. I suppose, yeah. Maybe we we weren't thinking like that in, in our circle. You know, we, we just focused on ourselves and our own strengths and... Um, I suppose outside of our circle everyone else has their own opinions but we can't control that so we can as a team and in a group we can only control ourselves so we just focus on ourselves and thankfully it worked out well and of course you're an integral part of the team because you are the man who's uh, works on the mind can I say that with the players you have the physical training and all mm. else that diet that goes with it but on the mental side of things that's where you come in I suppose yeah um, well it was new for me this year um the two lads that were over the team, uh, Gordon Weldon and Sean Carlin, they approached me, um, I suppose it was in March of this year, and I called into the house and asked me would I be club captain. So I got a, I got a, sh- a, a fair shock when that happened. And, but it, it was a really, ni- really nice, like, and it was, it was just amazing. Like I was, I suppose, thinking of things to say to the lads and with them before every game and especially the championship games and up at training sessions and uh, just, I suppose, um, 
trying my best like to, to I suppose motivate a group and mm. it was just great being involved and because I, I know a lot of the lads and gave me an awful boost as well just being yes. there and being around the group, group yeah, of people fair yeah. juice to the club and the boys mm. as well but listen I think it was the little difference that just got them over the line, may oh, I, I say, know. this year. <laughs> anyway, know. come back to that time in 2012, August yeah. 2012. Your life was turned on its head. Yeah. What happened? Yeah, so it was August 2012. Uh, I think it was a Tuesday night. Um, I was over with a, with a few friends. We were over in uh, Orstown at a friend's house. And um, just uh, around the summertime, I suppose, and playing a bit of football and uh, then we decided we'd head into Navin into the, the Valley Cafe for a bite to eat and um, yeah so we left anyway and it was between the I was driving between the Silver Tankard and Navin and I suppose it was that time kind of in around 10 o'clock it was kind of getting dark and um, there was a loose cattle on the road and unfortunately I didn't see them until it was too late and just collided with them, and uh, yeah, that that was really resulted in um, a spinal cord injury. So I was rushed off to the hospital in Drogheda, and then I was up in the Matter, the Matter Hospital for six, excuse me, for six weeks in the spinal unit, and then on to the NRH in Dunleary. So yeah, that was that was it. You're paralysed from where? Uh, I don't have any feeling from my chest down, so I have a C4, C5 spinal cord injury. Mm, which is high up. Yeah, mm. yeah, it is, yeah. Did you realise that you were in serious trouble quick enough? Uh, at the time, I don't know. I didn't really, like, I I remember the accident and um, I remember the lights, seeing the, the flashing lights in the fire brigade. And then they had to cut the roof off the car to get me out and then being put in the ambulance and being in Drogheda. Um, I don't think I realised how bad it was, really, to be honest, until I was in the matter when I asked uh, I asked one of the, the nurses or doctors there, um, am I going to walk again? I knew there was something wrong, you know, I wasn't up, I was in bed. and She kind of looked at me with a kind of sad face and was just shook her head um, and that kind of that kind of hit me hard um, so that's probably when I realised jeez this is serious stuff here mm. like you know mm. you also talk about a time and similar thing in the rehab when you were there as well you asked that same question yeah, and yeah. again the same response yeah. was that in a way just to get a second opinion as such yeah it probably was like uh, when I was up in, in the rehab I was in, in the wheelchair obviously and you're kind of looking at others as well because you're in a you're first of all I was in a four man ward and then you're in a twelve man ward and you're looking at others um, improve and you're kind of wondering why aren't I improving probably as much as others and uh, then when I asked that question she kind of said your chances of walking are slim to none and I was like oh jeez it was tough you know but yeah. I suppose you have to mm. at the start you know you have to go through that process of, of course Adapting and that was that was. How that. long were you in Dunleary for? I was in Dunleary until June of 2013. So mm. got home in yeah June of 2013. So it was about eight months, I think. 
It's a long time, a long time, and uh, adjusting to a life that was changed and then coming home. What about coming home? I do know the community, your local community in Nabba. What great people. I keep saying this all the time on this show, and it might be Nabba today, somewhere else tomorrow in me, they're loud or whatever. The response was incredible. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable even still thinking of it. And I remember when I was up in hospital and mum and dad had come in and tell me what was going on at home like the fundraising that was going on, uh, the football club in Nobber, every football club nearly around Mead and even in Cavan and Monaghan as well and, and in, in Loud, they all chipped in. Like um, There was a committee set up uh, with Larry McEntee, Peter O'Brien and Declan Hart and they they were just amazing and everybody was just unbelievable. Um, so many fundraisers went on and table quizzes and auctions and oh anything you could think of and oh we can do it we can do yeah. it John you know that yourself yeah. we're great people when it yeah. comes to it and, and and that was with a view to um, adjusting your living accommodation when you got back home yeah yeah so um, where I'm where I'm living between Nobber and Kingscourt um, I suppose we're lucky we're, we're out in the country and we had the room to to develop the house so we built onto the house so um, I have my own separate uh I suppose apartment you could call it um, and it's all adapted for I have the space I have the room I can open and close the doors myself I have a ceiling hoist and yeah just brilliant like the I can't like even even still thinking about it now I actually always think about it like the support that everyone gave me and the help it's just it's amazing and just helped me so much like it's did it give um, you the lift you needed because of course the, you obviously went through dark times not alone in those eight months in Dunleary but I'm sure mm. subsequently yeah yeah like there there was dark times like I'm um, thankfully over that now and hearing all the work that was going on at home really helped me and I remember there was a benefit night in Cabra Castle in January of 2013 and I went to that and that was just even still thinking about it now, I felt the crowds that turned up to that. And when I arrived, I was nervous going down. I nearly didn't want to go, but everyone stood up when I went into into the hotel. And I was like, why are they standing up for me and clapping? And yeah, like the work that went on, there was auctions and the, the, everything that the money was raised to help me and my family was just amazing. Yeah. Don't be surprised at things oh. like that. It shows you the love they have for you uh, and to see you that night. So here was a celebrity coming to join uh, them. You're back to studies. Yeah, yeah. I um, I suppose I set it as a goal maybe last year that I, before Christmas last year, I wanted to get back, I suppose, to full-time education. So I'm uh, I'm down in Cavan Institute. I'm studying social care with counselling. So uh, I'm in there full-time at the minute and loving it. So... It's very interesting and plenty of plenty of work to keep me going between now and Christmas with assignments. So it's it's going good, yeah. You, your home is adapted. You, you, you're in your own chair today that gets you about. <clears throat> you have plenty of people and assistance to get you to college, to take you downtown if you if you go shopping. Yeah. Do you find it difficult to get about? You know, I'm talking about the obstacles if you go into town, if you try to access buildings, college, etc. <clears throat> How is that? Yeah, I suppose um, there is, yeah, there is obstacles, unfortunately. Um, simple things like, uh, I suppose, footpaths and 
maybe people parking on a footpath and you know like you don't think about it because if you're up walking but when you're in a wheelchair it's it's a major thing um the modern buildings are good because i think you know they have to have the the dimensions now but some of the older buildings might be a bit tight or whatever but generally things are improving like i feel and it's not too bad getting around most places so um but there is there is wee bits that could be tweaked on i suppose yeah Mm. I mentioned the the outpouring of support for you, and you said it yourself, not alone in me, but the surrounding counties from clubs, communities, mm. etc. But one very famous man sent you a letter from yeah. Old Trafford. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Um, Alex Ferguson sent me a letter uh, in 2012 after my accident. And I remember getting the letter. Um, I was in bed in the hospital ward and I remember mum opening the letter and I was like, what the hell is that? I seen the Man United crest and, jeez, I read it and I just started crying straight away. And, uh, yeah, it was unbelievable. Um, he uh, he and the, the, the club, I suppose, offered two tickets. So I went over uh, in, I think it was 2013, played Man City. That didn't go too well. But, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, just an unbelievable experience and, yeah, that's something you'll never forget. Like it's Nobber is the club, Meath is the county, and in the soccer you follow Manchester United. Yeah. Okay, so while you're here me today, here's the sixty four million dollar question. <laughs> Solskjaer, yes or no? Uh I'd give him a little bit more time and see what happens, maybe see how things are after Christmas and if not, maybe look at the Tottenham man who's gone Pochettino, Pochettino? Yeah. yeah would you like to see him at Old Trafford yeah yeah I think he'd be a good he'd be a good fit yeah mm. United are really going through what Liverpool went through for years you know yeah. after you know and would, would it kill you if Liverpool won the league this year would yeah. it bother you much uh, I know a lot of Liverpool supporters especially around Nobber and they're I, I won't mention names I think they know who they are like they're they're hard to listen to like so uh, no I don't want Liverpool to win it oh my god there you go well I'll tell you a hell of a position at the minute but it is only November as we remind everybody there's a long long way to go for for sure Um, your sports podcast tell me about it Mead GAA Lad it's called yeah yeah I suppose myself and uh, one of my best friends Grode Renix we set it up there a couple of years ago and um I suppose when he said it to me first, I was like, "Jeez, I wouldn't be able to do that." Or, "What would we be doing that for?" And it's turned out brilliant. Um, I suppose started off small, and we gave it a go, and it got a good response. Um, and then kind of grew from there. And then I suppose I approached a few people, maybe footballers like who would have played for me, and um, asked them down to the house for an interview, and it went well. And I suppose I've interviewed maybe. 15 to 20 lads over the last last couple of years and it's gone well it's something I really enjoy and um, I do it I do it at my home and have the Twitter page me GA lad and it's great when you get good feedback and you feel mm. like geez I'm doing something right oh, and it's, it's yeah. nice like so yeah, it something I, I hope to continue doing it's something good I really enjoy good luck to you with it yeah it's yeah. fantastic and uh, yeah. I, I've heard great uh, talk and comment about it as well I can, I can uh, add to those uh, sentiments um, 
in terms of following me, the, mm. again, you know, the great years and it, it's been testing times, but they seem to be certainly on the way back, especially last year, yeah. with reaching the Super 8 and the, they're shaping up nicely. In all the years you followed me, if you had to pick one, who of the players would you say, ah, oh, yeah, him more than most I admire? Um, from watching me as a, as a yes, player? Yes, yes. Um, I'd say Graham Garrity, probably. Um, there's so many like it's very hard because I ask a lot of lads who's the best player they played with and they can't name them because there were so many legends mm. down through the years but I remember growing up and going to games in Crow Park with dad and um, with my brother Stephen and uh, yeah Graham Garrity had that sort of X factor like he's and especially the way um, he'd always perform against Dublin and Dublin were nearly you could say they were nearly afraid of him or were threatened by him so uh yeah, like he was, he was really class, class act. Yeah, the medals, the medal story. Yeah. He's got some of them back. Oh, yeah, that's great. some have been recovered, which is great to hear. I hope yeah. he gets them all back. He is. Yeah. Oh, look, he's one of the, the the stars of of any era, probably in Gaelic games. Yeah. When you sit today and reflect on where you are today and all that's happened, do you and you think of your life before and after? Do you ever get angry about what happened to you? Um, I'd say probably in the first few years, probably the first four years after my accident, um, yeah, there would have been a lot of thoughts like that, maybe anger, rage, uh, sadness and things like that. And kind of why me? Why did I, what did, did I do something wrong? Or why did I, I don't deserve this? And that would have been my thinking for them years. And then I probably realised this is really that's not getting me anywhere you know it's I uh, I have to adapt and this is what's happened and it, that's just it um, and uh, I suppose I had a choice that I either lie down or I get up and push on and um, I decided like I wanted to push on and um, you know I'm sort of I feel like I have a I've determination now to do as best as I can and like, look, I still have bad days, like everybody. And um, I probably like the truth is like everybody has their problems, no matter who they are. And um, mine is just obvious; it's visual, and um, I'm not going to let it stop me do what I want to do. And I'm just going to keep pushing on with my education. And, and I had a great year with the football, and hopefully continue with that. And just trying to be as positive as I can be because. It's the it's the only way, like having a good mindset, and um, that's that's really it, you know. Just trying to trying to be positive and have a good attitude, I suppose. No, I can feel mm. it coming across to me in the studio today mm. for sure. You're a great fella, you really are. Continued success to you. I'm Thank sure you. you'll be going out to to better this next year. Well, you're up with the big boys. That's uh, great, yeah. For, 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 for the big cup. Um, yeah. But look, a good luck to Nobber in the future, and to me, the course for next season. We watch Manchester United with interest. Best of luck with your continuing studies. Obviously, you have a flair for what you're doing and continued positivity and healthier in your life. John, thanks for joining me, John O'Brien. Thanks very much, Jerry. Thank you.
Just to mention a charity craft fair that's happening in Phillipstown, just outside Dunlear, this Sunday between 12 and 4. All proceeds going to the Beaumont Breast Cancer Unit. And look out for the knitted teddies. There's one there, a big cuddly one called Kevin. Not Kevin the carrot in the Aldi ad, but Kevin. Kevin, he knows who he is. Yes, that's Sunday, Phillipstown, 12 to 4. And just next week, uh, looking ahead to uh, next Wednesday, the 27th of November, the Navin Theatre Group present John B. Keane's The Chastitute. It's a wonderful play at the Solstice Art Centre in Navin, 8 o'clock next Wednesday. It's directed by Seamus McMenamin and it's the story of a bachelor farmer's search for love where he has to contend with the interventions of the local matchmaker, parish priest and his aunt. What a job that is for the poor fella. Tickets are available from solsticeartcentre.ie. It's that time on Friday. Time to look ahead to the weekend in sport. And there's just one man for us. He's the communications manager with Boyle Sports, Leon Blanche. Good afternoon, Leon. Good afternoon, Jerry. How are you? I'm great. We'll start with the Premier League soccer and two games I've picked out to look at first. And what do you say about what's happened at Tottenham this week? They're away to West Ham, Leon. Yeah, look, it's Jose is back in management in the Premier League, and I think most people who like watching the Premier League, they'll probably be a little bit happy that Jose is back in. He did, however, say he'd never manage Tottenham Hotspurs in his time as Chelsea manager, but he is there. I think they're paying him something like fifteen million a year. So why not, Jerry? Uh, put yourself back in the hot seat. The West Ham team who hasn't had a victory. I think it's six or seven league games now at the moment. So this is a big derby as well. Spurs are favourites um, at three to four. West Ham sixteen to five at home, and the draw is also sixteen to five. I think looking at Tottenham Hotspurs, they've only had one away win in the Premier League in the whole of twenty nineteen, and I think with Mourinho coming in, there's no doubt some of these players had just down tools from Maurizio Pochettino. I think Mourinho will get a response, and I think this is the perfect opportunity, in fact, to get that second away win of 2019 so for me I think when you look at the squad he has at his disposal too there's some world class players within that Tottenham Hotspur team so I fully expect them to go to West Ham and win in the early lunchtime kickoff tomorrow The big game of the weekend happens at 5.30 on Saturday it's at the Etihad it's Manchester City against informed Chelsea yeah, look, and this is, you know, Chelsea, they're a point ahead of Man City um, at the moment in the Premier League. Um, Frank Lampard has done a really good job, but I would just have a little bit of caution when I say Chelsea, they played Man United in, in the Premier League, they got beaten. They played Liverpool in the Premier League, they got beaten. They played Leicester in the Premier League, and they've drawn. So as of yet, Jerry, most of their big results and their victories have come against the lesser sides in the Premier League. So this is a real test for Frank Lampard and his young Chelsea side. And that's why they're as big as 11-2. to two. Man City are 4-9, to nine, and the draw here is 4-1. to one. Um, I think Chelsea are a big, big price at 11-2. to two. Man City, as we saw against Liverpool, yes, maybe they didn't get the, the rub of the green with a couple of decisions, but they don't know how to keep a clean sheet. And that has to be said about Chelsea too. This is a young Chelsea side also, and they do give up chances. I expect there to be plenty of goals in this particular contest, most certainly over at least two and a half goals. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if we see City win by something like 3-2 or something like that. I think it's going to be a very entertaining game of football. For people out there who want to back Chelsea draw no bet, that's a 7-2 chance. But I'm looking forward to this game tomorrow night. I think there'll be goals, but I just have a feeling Man City might just get over the line. But it's going to be very close indeed. 
Let's move to Rugby Union and quickly look at each of the province's prospects in the Heineken Champions Cup, starting this evening with Ulster against Claremont. Yeah, look, it was a great weekend for the four provinces last weekend in the Champions Cup. They all were victorious, so here's hoping that can happen again. Uh, Ulster, they've got a tricky enough game against Claremont. There's not a lot separating these sides in the betting, but I think because just because Ulster at home, they're available at 6-5. to five. Um, I think Ian Henderson, who of course is their new captain, um, he's a real leader. I think he can drive this Ulster side on against Claremont. Claremont were a lot stronger a couple of years ago. They are trying to rebuild, but I think this is a good time for Ulster to play them, and I think Ulster might just go over the line tonight. Then, uh, tomorrow, two of the provinces are in France. Connacht away to Toulouse, and Leinster are at Lyon. Yeah, look, this is going to be... Well, I mean, look, it's not a baptism of fire, because Connacht, of course, were victorious in their first game last week, but they're up against Toulouse, and I think they will lose, Jerry. excuse the pun. I think this is going to be a very, very difficult afternoon for the side from the west of Ireland. And this is a bit of a learning curve. This is the standard, I suppose, that you want to be at. And Toulouse will go very, very far in this year's competition, in my opinion. And I think if Connacht can keep the score to within, maybe between 10 and 20 points of a defeat, I think that won't be a bad performance. The other game uh, tomorrow at half past five sees Munster at home to Racing. And just looking at Munster, I think Ty Byrne is going to have his first start. Of course, that was the controversial pick from Joe Schmidt when he picked him ahead of uh, Devon Toner for Ireland's World Cup squad. But I think he's going to be influential for Munster throughout this season. And I fully expect Munster to make it back-to-back victories in this year's Champions Cup. I don't expect Racing to be able to go to Toman Park and come away with a victory. So for me, I think Munster definitely will win. And um, that will be a good start. And Leinster, of course, obviously playing tomorrow as well. I thought they were playing Sunday, but they're playing tomorrow at a quarter past three away against Lyon. And Leinster, again, you would expect them. They've got such uh, strength and depth in their squad, Jerry. I'd be surprised if they couldn't make it two wins from two. So for me, three out of four won't be a bad weekend. But I hope Connacht, this could be, look, it could be a bad uh, defeat, but I hope they're able to stick to Toulouse for as long as possible and try and just a bit of damage limitation. They're going to lose this game, but hopefully it's not an absolute hammering. Leon, as usual, thank you so much. We'll talk to you next Friday. All the best, Jerry. Many good wishes coming in for John O'Brien, who joined us on the show before three o'clock today. Ain't surprised. Lots of well wishers for you, John. And thanks again for joining us on the show today. Our book club. Yes, the Anglo-Irish Treaty was signed in December 1921, I was looking for. And today's book pack, and it's a great one, goes to Anna Keelan. Anna Keelan and Cullen this afternoon. Well done to you and thanks to everybody who entered that competition. Derek Brady from Western Motors is on the line to clarify something for us regarding the new plates at the start of 2020. Good afternoon, Derek. How are you, Jerry? How are things? I'm good. Thanks for taking our call. There is some confusion around this. We're hearing, get your new 201. What's the story with the number plate? There is a little bit of uh, confusion, uh, Jerry. We were, we have a balloon tea in the showroom with the 201. People are coming in to Esther Motors and they're saying, uh, what's all mean? You know, and the, 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 there is a little bit of confusion. The 201, the, the plate next year will be 201, and in the middle of the year it'll be 202. Right. Um, so it, it, uh, I suppose it's going to look totally different to people uh, for what they've been seeing for the last number of years. Yes. Um, 
and uh, it, it has caused a, a wee bit of confusion because people are saying, uh, but it's 2020 next year, not 201. Yes. And is that the way then the, the figuration is going to continue beyond next year? Yes, with with the shorter digit. For, for, uh, for the foreseeable, yeah. You'll have 201 and then 202 in the middle of the year. The year after, it'll be uh, 211 and 212. All oh, right, OK. And so on. Uh, yeah, yeah. 221 so and 222 in the following year. So we'll have to get used to this. It's another slight change from the plates that people uh, are, are used to at the moment. And I take it, uh, being late November, you guys are all in yourselves in Western and the rest of the dealers around the uh, North East shaping up for the new year already. Yeah, here in West Rollers, we're, we're, we're busy, thanks be to God. There's uh, lots of uh, people coming through the door for, for both brands, both Skoda and for Volkswagen. And um, I think around, generally around the town, um, the feeling is quite good as far as orders for next year. It's it, The plate will look a little bit different and people like to see something that's just a little bit different on the car as well. And uh, the, uh, please God, the, the business will boom along next year. And uh, lots of uh, your, yourselves and lots of others open over the weekends in the coming weeks as well, open for business and eager to talk to prospective customers. Love to see people coming through. Saturday's a great day for us, I suppose, because where we are in the in the retail park, in the M1 retail park, um, we'll always have lots of people through the door, lots of people um, visiting. Some people just come in for a look around uh, and then some people are, are here to buy and, and to pre- pre- be prepared, I suppose, for the new year. And it's always a busy time. It's always a great time to see people around the place. Absolutely, and you can never beat the look and the smell of a new car, can you? Oh, I'd even yeah. say that. Oh, it's one of those things in life. It's like fresh-cut grass, Derek, to be honest with you. Anyway, wish you luck. Thanks for letting us know about that. Appreciate it. Just another point, Jerry. just before you go, on the registration plate, something that people don't realise as well is that... Um, the, the, the Drogheda dealers and the, the, the local dealers, we can supply a, not just an LH place, um, but a D place, an MH place, um, an MN place. We're not just, be, some people think because we're in County yeah. Loud, we're only yeah. going to be County Loud plates. Yeah, we can, we you can, can organise plates from any county. And if you buy a oh, car, you might even throw in a dinner plate as well. Thanks, Derek. Exactly. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's Derek Brady from Western Motors. So 201 LH or MH or D, MH or D coming and the number after 202 MHLHD in the second part of next year. Clarification there from Derek Brady. From uh, County Loud, let's head down the country, deep down the country. Dave Galbraith is on the line. Afternoon, Dave. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Well, you're in a totally different place to Derek Brady. You're out on the highways and byways. Tell our listeners what you're up to. Um, this week I'm running from Mallon to Mizzen Head in aid of the Irish Cancer Society. When did you start? Uh, 6am on Monday. So off from Mallonhead Monday, 6am. And when are you going to hit Mizzen? Um, I hope to hit Mizzen Head just after lunchtime on Sunday. Good man yourself. So an average of what, around 100 kilometres or just a little over every day? Yeah, an average would be about 100 kilometres a day. So it's quite intensive, I suppose. Mm. Um, but it's in aid of a good cause. It's for the Irish Cancer Society. And Dave, you're from Dunboyne in County Mead. Why this uh, cause? Why the Cancer Society? Why are you supporting them? Um, for, I suppose, it's a few different reasons. Um, my girlfriend's mother passed away from cancer. And also, I suppose, it's a disease that's affected every town, village and city in the country. 
Um, messages I've got sort of support from people have been fantastic. Cancer survivors, people that have lost family, friends to disease. Um, I suppose it's, it's impacted everyone's lives. So if I can do something to raise a few pounds for support, research, etc., it'll be a week well spent. You're a great fella, I have to say. And you walk and jog and run in a combination of all three, or is it a run? A little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah, um, walk, yeah. jog, crawl, hands and knees, whatever. <laughs> and 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 have you? I take it there's people with you. You have a support team. Oh, hundred percent. Um, had people from Dunboyne AC jumping in. They've been driving, running, fundraising for me. Um, the people, the company I work for, Europe Car, they've donated support vehicles. Also, employees have used their holidays to come along and help me out, which has been fantastic. That's very being overwhelmed with the support. Brilliant. I'm not surprised because when you get somebody doing this and it's a huge undertaking, people want to lend support in whatever way they can. If we want to support you financially, it's the Facebook route. Um, you can go, yes, you can go to Facebook and type in Dave Top to Bottom Run or if you go to justgiving.com um, you can donate there as well by searching Dave Top to Bottom Run. And all donations, be small, large, we all gratefully received by the charity. And you're in good fettle with the winning post inside over the weekend. No injuries, no blisters, no pull muscles. Um, no, a little bit sore, but that's to be expected. Um, crossed the Cork border there a couple of hours ago, so the final county, so I can smell the finish line now. Brilliant. Just wanted to touch base with you because you're jogging along as we speak. Thanks for taking our call. Wish you well. Thank you very much. Take care. Not at all. Bye-bye. That's Dave Galbraith there from Dunboyne in County Mead, supporting the Irish Cancer Society. And if you do want to support him, you can go along to Facebook and it's Dave's Top and it's the number two bottom run. That's Dave's Top, the number two bottom run. And all the details are there. Anyway, that's a lot on Late Lunch for another week. I uh, hope you have a lovely weekend. Thanks to all our guests who joined us during the week, to you, our listeners, who are with us every day, and to my wonderful producer, Louise Walsh. I couldn't do this without her. Thanks a million, Louise. Have a lovely weekend, as I said. Take care and come back and join us for a brand new week of Late Lunch from Monday, 1.30. See you then. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors. The 2020 Renault Runway event is now on at Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan. Save thousands across the range for the new year. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.